You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Barry. Hi. Well, uh, <clears throat> if you don't know about Inside Out, just some very quick context. Um, the origin of this book lies in the revelation from December 2007 that the CIA had made but then destroyed some videotapes depicting waterboarding and other forms of torture of war on terror prisoners. Initially, that number was about two, and then 15 months later in March 2009, it was revealed that actually the number of tapes made and destroyed was more like 92. And uh, that's where this book comes from. I always get those numbers confused. <laughs> it's close enough for government work. <laughs> when, I first, uh, when I read the first article, uh, having spent some time at the CIA and having what I like to think is a decent amount of common sense, I thought, no way, two tapes? It just doesn't make sense. It was home videos or something like that? I mean, it had to be some sort of a program. So I thought there had to be more than two. I didn't think 92. Um, and when I learned that it was 92, I started asking myself a number of questions, like why did the CIA make these tapes? Why did they announce that they had made them? Why did they destroy them? Why did they announce that they had destroyed them? And why the discrepancy in the numbers? And uh, my answers to those questions became the, uh, the backbone of the plot of this book. So the, the scene I'll read to you is just um, an excerpt from the prologue in which the principals responsible for the decision on uh, what to do with these tapes are discussing how to handle the situation. And in my book, the tapes weren't destroyed. They'd been stolen by a former black ops guy who's using them to blackmail the U.S. government. So the principals have come together to, deter to determine what should be done. One of these guys, for those of you who know David Addington, Dick Cheney's uh, former chief of staff, you might think he's based on David Addington. I don't know why you would think that. It's an entirely, <laughs> entirely a coincidence. My character's name is David Ulrich. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so this is Ulrich advising these guys from the CIA how they're going to handle this. Here's what you're going to do, Ulrich said, looking at Clements. You call one of your contacts in the media. Ignatius? No, definitely not Ignatius. At this point, he might as well be an official CIA spokesperson, and everyone knows it. And not Broder or Klein, either. They're known to be too sympathetic, too. Too eager to please. Clements frowned, obviously not getting it. We don't want someone pliable? Just listen, okay? For this, we need a news article, not an op-ed, at least to start with, from a paper that's considered liberal. So make it the New York Times. Yeah, the Times is perfect. They won't even use the word torture in their coverage because they're still thought of as, but they're still thought of as an enemy. Call them. You're a whistleblower. The CIA made some interrogation tapes, tapes that include footage of detainees being abused. Clement's mouth dropped open. What? I'm not finished. You say the CIA destroyed the tapes. Clear case of, uh, of obstruction of justice. You're calling because you're a patriot. This won't stand. Something needs to be done. They were all looking at him as though he'd lost his mind. Christ, they were slow. They didn't deserve to have him save their asses. Unfortunately, his ass was next in line. These morons happened to be his primary defensive wall. You're crazy, Clement said. There's no way. Shut up and listen if you want to survive this. The liberal media will jump all over the story. Obstruction of justice, cover-up, rogue CIA, the whole thing. There's going to be pressure. And under pressure, the CIA admits 
No, no, you confess. Yes, we destroyed the tapes, but no more than two of them for now. Two, you understand? Clement shook his head as though he was trying to clear it. What? Why two? Because it's too soon to go public with 92. Two is a nice, finite number. It makes it sound like you've been exceptionally careful and selective regarding who gets subjected to enhanced interrogation techniques. You can tie the number to just a couple of high-profile detainees, right? Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, Abu Zubaydah, Abd al-Rahim al-Nashiri, just the worst of the worst. Listen to those names. You think anyone outside the ACLU will complain if maybe you've been a little rough with a couple terrorists named Mohammed al-This and Khalid al-That? <laughs> but, but what are we going to do later if the real number comes out? Later on won't matter, don't you see? You'll already have established the principle that the destruction wasn't a big deal by attaching a low number to it. You can always increase the number afterward, at which point you'll just be applying the established principle to a new number. You say something like, oh, did you think I said two videotapes? I meant two terrorists on one, on one of the tapes. Sorry for the confusion. You get it? For Christ's sake, you don't have to sign a fucking affidavit that there were only two tapes. This is just to ease the idea into the public mind. Are you telling me you don't know how to put a number in play in a way that gives you room to walk away from it later? No one said anything. Ulrich couldn't tell if they were getting it, if they were drifting into shock. Well, nothing to do but keep going. Understand two interrogation videos, you think. Keep it a little vague, and you can get them to report two while giving you wiggle room for later. Okay, fine, Kilman said. But what do we do when they start asking about waterboarding? You know they will. Of course they will. And when they do, you reluctantly admit it. It's already out there anyway. The vice president himself acknowledged it. This is your chance to tie the waterboarding to just a small number of detainees, your chance to minimize it. That's actually a win. Doesn't sound like a win, Alkair said. Idiots. You can't cover this up. Don't you understand that? If you try, the whole thing comes out. What you can do is channel the information, shape the narrative. You need to manage this story or it'll manage you. Do it right, keep it simple, and you'll be fine. But it's not simple, Clement said. It's not just videos. There are also records of what's on the videos, who has access to them. Good, now you're thinking. You need to destroy all contemporaneous records describing what's on the tapes because that's the next thing the court will ask for if the tapes are unavailable. You destroy all records of who had access to the tapes, of who might have had knowledge of what was on them. And you create a paper trail of the proper authorizations that predates the court order. You claim the tapes had no further intelligence value and Yes, yes, you say you had to destroy them because if they ever leaked, they could compromise the identities of field agents, patriotic men and women who are risking their lives every day on the front lines of the war on terror to keep America safe. Fox and Broder and Klein and Krautheimer and Hyatt and Ignatius and the rest, they'll pick up that angle and run interference for us, attack the patriotism of anyone who questions the decision to destroy the tapes. They'll make it a political issue. It won't be a legal one. Only the angry left would want to put our soldiers and spies in danger. That kind of thing. Thank you, Barry. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. <laughs>